0: In May of 2015, an oil spill caused by corrosion in the pipeline running through the Santa Barbara area devastated nearby beaches. According to the Biological Diversity Center, the spill dumped over 100,000 gallons of crude oil onto the coast, creating a 10 square mile oil slick in the Refugio Beach area. Following the 2015 spill, that pipeline, along with the three offshore oil platforms and the oil processing plant that it connected, was shut down. Now, ExxonMobil, the company that owns the oil production network, wants to resume usage of that same corroded pipeline. ExxonMobil originally applied for permits to construct an entirely new pipeline this summer. The company suggested transporting oil from the shore to the plant via trucks while the pipeline was being constructed, but the county denied Exxon trucking permits in a case involving many environmental groups in Santa Barbara, including one called the Environmental Defense Center. Then, on October 24th, Exxon sent a letter to Santa Barbara planning supervisors announcing the withdrawal of that application. Instead of building a new pipeline, the letter said, the company would be attempting to reopen the original pipeline. To learn more about this issue, I spoke with Linda Kropp. I'm
1: Linda Kropp. I'm chief counsel with the Environmental Defense Center, which is a nonprofit and public interest environmental law firm.
0: The Environmental Defense Center was founded in 1977 and has presented more than 130 nonprofit organizations since then.
1: The Environmental Defense Center was founded as a result of the 1969 Santa Barbara oil spill. And a lot of groups formed out from that, and they still exist to this day, and they do environmental education or advocacy Earth Day was started because of that oil spill. So our role among all those other organizations is to help all the other organizations enforce the laws that were passed after the oil spill. So like the Clean Water Act and Clean Air Act and coastal protection laws, laws that require environmental review. So all of these laws were passed in a few years. And so that's what we do is we basically help all these other environmental groups make sure that these environmental protection laws are followed and enforced.
0: Next, I asked Linda about the EDC's work with Exxon in the past, specifically on the trucking case earlier this year.
1: So the background on this is Exxon owns three platforms that you can see off the Gaviota coast if you drive up 101. It's kind of around the area of El Capitan and there are three platforms. and. They were shut down in 2015 because the oil from the platforms is piped to shore, and then it goes into a processing plant along the Gaviota coast that separates the oil from the gas and the water, and then the oil has to go to refineries outside of our county. And our county has a policy that that oil has to be transported by buried pipeline. They used to use tankers, you know, the huge risk of oil spills and air pollution. So so a pipeline was built uh, to do that and that pipeline was used, but then there was a major rupture in that pipeline in 2015 and a huge oil spill that um, spread all the way down to Orange County. And so that pipeline remains um, damaged. So there was an application to build a new pipeline, but in the meantime, um, Exxon didn't want to wait and so Exxon applied for permission to truck the oil. So loading the oil from the processing plant into 70 truck loads a day, going up Highway 101 along that you know, beautiful Gaviota Coast and around that kind of dangerous, windy, windy curve and through the tunnel. And then across an even dang- more dangerous road, um, Highway 166 that goes out to the Bakersfield area. And both of those highways are known for a lot of accidents. And so the county had to prepare an environmental impact report and the draft report indicated that there really was no risk, nothing to worry about because the risk of an accident was really low, maybe one in 52 years along 101 and one in 17 years along 166. And Exxon was applying for a seven-year permit. So nothing to worry about. So this is what I'm really proud about and happy to say on this station is we hired UCSB interns to conduct our own research and they wrote public records act requests to different agencies like highway patrol and fire departments and sheriffs and they did their own research online for any, you know, media about oil tanker truck accidents and they found eight accidents in the previous 15 years, six in the last six years along that route. And they resulted in deaths and fires and oil spills and explosions and injuries and road closures. So we presented that information and it was based on what our UCSB interns found that the county said, no, this is too unsafe. And so we won, the county said no, Exxon filed a lawsuit we intervened, which means we were able to bring other groups, environmental groups, into the case. And we just recently won a big hearing um, in federal district court in Los Angeles. And again, the judge relied on the work that our interns did. So it you know, shows you can make a difference and that everybody you know can play a really important role. So we're still involved in the lawsuit. There are some other issues that the court has to address. But for now, they cannot truck. They withdraw the application to build a new pipeline. Now they're saying they, we want that they want to restart the pipeline that spilled in 2015. And that's a real problem because most pipeline spills or oil spills happen because there's like one leak, you know, one rupture. Well, in this case, the pipeline, the way it was designed, it became corroded because of the insulation. And so the whole pipeline is ready to fall apart. And so, you know, even though they, you know, fixed the hole where the actual leak occurred, the entire pipeline is susceptible to another leak. So we're definitely very concerned about that, and we represent a few environmental groups um, in fighting that.
0: In the past, trucking oil has led to serious environmental disasters. For example, a 2020 trucking incident on Highway 166 spilled 45,000 gallons of oil into the Kayama River, according to the Independent. I asked Linda what specific environmental risks trucking posed.
1: Great question. Um, What we learned in our research was that there are so many different causes of these accidents that you can't just like Exxon at the, you know, at the county hearings and in court said, Oh, but you know, we provide extra special training for our drivers, and our trucks are gonna have to stay at certain speeds, and we're gonna monitor their speeds, and there's nothing to worry about because we're so careful. But what we learned in our research was some of the accidents were due because the driver was speeding. Many of the accidents were due to external causes that cannot be prevented. So a lot of the accidents happened because another vehicle like crossed over a lane or you know hit the oil tanker truck and then it you know spilled um, or fell over. One of the accidents happened because it was at night and there was a down tree in the road and the driver didn't see it and the whole truck capsized. So we learned that you really can't prevent an accident.
0: ExxonMobil's three offshore oil platforms and their processing plant have been idle since the 2015 spill. If trucking had been permitted, and if the pipeline is allowed to reopen, those facilities would also reopen. I asked Linda what the risks of resuming oil operations would be.
1: That's really what this case is all about. Um, it's about whether or not Exxon could restart these three platforms. And if they do, there's no end date. So once they restart producing, they can keep operating those platforms. And like you mentioned, not just the oil platforms, but the processing plant on shore. And before the shutdown that processing plant was the largest source of greenhouse gas emissions in the county. It's a massive plant. Um, you can't see it really from the freeway, so people don't know it's there. But if you could, you'd be you know this is massive um, industrial plant. So you know if we're you know our our main focus is on climate change and you know not having any more fossil fuel production. So whether you're talking about the platforms or the processing plants or the trucking, you know, it all allows, you know, more oil production, more greenhouse gas emissions and more climate change.
0: In their letter to Santa Barbara planning supervisors, ExxonMobil claimed that restarting the existing pipeline would have less environmental implications than building a completely new one, despite the existing pipeline's corrosion. I asked for Linda's thoughts on that statement.
1: We were surprised at that statement because what we've, what we've read from the reports and the investigation after the oil spill is that for most of the pipeline, it's so corroded and the walls are like, they can measure the walls of a pipeline and they're so thin that you know, under certain pressure, they could crack. And so to restart the pipeline, they don't have to do any environmental review. Uh, because it's an existing pipeline so all they need is approval from the office of the state fire marshal that it's safe so we're hoping that the state fire marshal is really careful but what we lose by this process is normally there would be an environmental impact report we would all get to read it we would all get to comment on it we could bring in our own experts we don't get that um, if they just restart the existing pipeline so It's pretty scary. Um, We're definitely going to be in touch with the state fire marshal and, you know, express our concerns and, you know, maybe bring in some experts to help us. But it's all going to be informal, but it's still very important.
0: Next, I asked what the EDC hopes to achieve with regards to the reopening of the pipeline, especially considering the informal nature of the case.
1: We're going to try to what we, we've already met with the fire marshal, we've been told that there is no formal public comment, whereas if it was at the county, we would have that opportunity. So but we can still submit information. And so, you know, what we'll probably do is we have this investigation report that was prepared after the oil spill. So we can you know, try to find some experts to review that and then you can maybe submit um, their concerns to the um, fire marshal. So we'll have to work outside the bounds of a formal process, but we can still you know, try to submit our information. And the more factual, you know, the more we use experts, the more likely that they'll take us seriously.
0: In the past, Exxon has discussed the economical and energy-related benefits of resuming oil operations. I asked what the EDC would say to those claims.
1: When we were fighting the trucking application, Exxon focused a lot on the need for the oil and the jobs, and so you know, we did our research on that as well as did other groups and even the county. You know, did its own analysis. And um, you know, if you look at you know, one particular oil project, it's not very significant in terms of jobs or money. In fact, at the time of the hearings, uh, the Ukraine war had broken out, and there was concerns about you know energy impacts of that and. So Exxon was saying, well, you know, we need this oil because there's a war in Ukraine and we did our analysis and it was like for the nation's energy needs, the oil was like, you know, 0.01% like, oh, you know, or maybe even less. So it's not that much oil weed against the impacts.
0: The EDC represents many other groups in the area in their work. I asked what Santa Barbara groups the EDC would be working with in regards to the reopening of the oil pipeline.
1: So on this particular case, we represent the local chapter of the Sierra Club, and an organization called Santa Barbara County Action Network. They're a countywide environmental watchdog organization. Um, and then we represent our own members. We have a few thousand members of, of our own, but we partner with a lot of organizations. So... Especially in our area, there's are so many groups that are concerned. There's you know, Surf Rider Foundation, Gaviota Coast Conservancy, um, mm-hmm. and others. So whenever we do end up, you know, preparing, say, an expert report or something like that, we would share it with everybody. And, you know, in the past, on the trucking issue, the Environmental Affairs Board and possibly some other you know, groups on campus were really involved. You know, they did the hearings, they took part in our planning meetings. So, you know, hopefully um, some campus groups will be involved too.
0: Next, I asked about campus involvement in the pipeline issue.
1: I would say start with the Environmental Affairs Board because they have been involved in the trucking issue, and I'm sure they're going to, and they've been involved with some other pipeline issues that have come up too. So I would say probably start with the Environmental Affairs Board, but you know the more groups, the better, and you know coalitions are really strong. So in this community, people are very willing to you know work together, and so that would be awesome.
0: Finally, I asked Linda if there was anything else she would like to add. You know, normally we have like a hearing coming
1: up and we would want to highlight that. But with this process now, like we don't really have that. But I would say, you know, definitely, you know, finding out what groups are working on the issue. And um, at some point, you know, we will take some kind of action and respond.
0: Thanks for listening. With KCSB News, this is Annabelle Hurst.